Amen. Let's take our Bibles out tonight. First uh, Timothy chapter number two. First Timothy chapter number two. And uh, once again, I do appreciate you uh, uh, laboring along with us there as we mixed up the schedule a little bit. I did that, and uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, keep up with those announcements, things we've got going on. Got a lot of things going on here on property, opportunities to serve, opportunities to fellowship. I think we have our, our men and boys uh, squirrel hunt this upcoming uh, Friday night. A lot of things going on just for you to be a part of. And I assure you it's better than sitting in front of the television and watching what's uh, on there. And it'll be a blessing to you to have some good fellowship. First Timothy chapter 2, if you're there, let's stand together. And uh, I told you this morning that we're going to have a, a special time of prayer at the end of the service tonight, an open invitation to allow you to pray all the time that you'd like and not feel pressured and uh, just be there at the altar as long as you'd like, particularly coming up on this election. And I think that's something worth praying about, don't you? First uh, Timothy chapter 2, though, tonight we're going to finish out a little bit uh, of what we started this morning. This morning we was looking at more of the spiritual. Tonight we're going to take a little different angle at this thing as pertaining uh, to the opportunity we have in an election as a Christian. The Bible says, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. But then watch verse number 2. We're really going to key on verse 2 tonight. Uh, the Bible says, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is the good uh, and acceptable, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you tonight, Lord, that you hear our prayers, even the ones we can't utter. Lord, groans of our heart that aren't uttered, did you know what they are? And thank you, Father, for working and interceding for us. And Father, as we come to you tonight, we pray your blessings on your word. Uh, thank you, Father, that it has what we need, particularly in this area, Lord, as we approach a time of decision in our country. I pray that, Lord, your people would be stirred by your spirit and led by your word, Lord, when it comes to making decisions. They're going to affect not just this generation, but generations to come. And I pray that, Lord, you'd use us, Lord, in this area of our election to bring glory to you and point others to you and to lead our country back to you. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I don't plan on preaching terribly long tonight. I know that we've been here a little bit longer already. Uh, but I want to give you plenty of time to pray, and we'll look at that here in just a minute. Um, but uh, I've told you before, one of my favorite uh, words to describe uh, what God calls us, we know that he calls us salt and he calls us light, but one of the areas that I love to really look at what we are as Christians and who God has left us here to be is nothing less than influence. Uh, that's who we are. God says we're salt and we're light. Both of those are influences. They are transformative influences in the areas where they are applied, and that's what God's called us to be. We are, in essence, difference makers. You think about that. You may not feel important tonight, but if you're a child of God, you are salt, you're light, you're a difference maker called to be a difference maker in this world. And I believe this upcoming election is going to give us an opportunity to do just that. Now, here's what I want to focus on just for a few minutes. Uh, we look at our opportunity of what God's called us to do, and sometimes I think that we think the majority of that influence is inside the four walls of this building. Now, now, I think you ought to be a good influence at church, amen? Uh, I think you ought to be a good influence to the young people. I think you ought to pay attention, not fall asleep. I think you ought to sing out when we're singing. Be a good influence when we come to the house of God, but it's not restricted to this, is it? 
I hope tonight that we don't have the mindset that this is the main event of our week where we come and we gather together and we hear the word of God preached and then the rest of the week we just kick it into neutral until we coast back in next Sunday. The truth of the matter is the influence that we're called to be is more so outside of these walls than inside of these walls. Oftentimes, listen, we shine our brightest uh, and we're the most influenced for Christ in this building. We talk about the Lord more in this building and we fellowship and we converse about it together in this building when the truth of the matter tonight is that we're called to be that influence outside of here. All right. The, the Bible says that when we light that candle, we don't uh, put it under the bushel. We put it on top of that bushel. The, the context of that was in the Bible days, they would take a bushel basket and they would turn it upside down and make an uh, impromptu table, if you will. And they would take that lampstand and put it on top of that basket. And the Bible says it gave light to who? All that are in the room. That's what God's called us to do, to be an influence to all that God has placed within our area of influence. Now, we know that as we spoke about this morning, that God has called us to be a spiritual influence, okay? God has called us, his people, to be a righteous spiritual influence in the world that we're living in. But here's what I want to focus on. That shouldn't be just confined to spiritual things. That just because I'm called to be a spiritual influence, that I'm only going to be a spiritual influence when it comes to spiritual things. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm a Christian everywhere. If you're saved, you're a Christian everywhere. And I shouldn't just act like a Christian when I'm around Christians. I should act like a Christian everywhere. Why? Because the fact that I'm a Christian should influence everything that I do. You might be a plumber here tonight or an electrician. Uh, you might be a mechanic here tonight or a baker or, or whatever it is that you do. Can I tell you something? Your Christianity should come out in what you do. All right? It should influence your life far beyond just the matter of spiritual things. In essence, our profession must affect our profession. You get me? All right? Our profession, what we profess in Christ, should affect our profession uh, that we work at in our jobs Monday through Friday. Now, the sad thing is, most of the time, we save our influence for church. We save our influence for Sunday school. And we get out there to be that plumber or that electrician or that mechanic, and our influence gets under the bushel when we get out there in public. And yet, God has called us to be salt and light in every area of our life. And one particular area I want to focus on just for a few minutes before we have our time of prayer. There's one particular area where Christians have been asked, ordered, blackmailed, however you want to put it, into checking our influence at the door, and that's in the area of politics. I want you to think about that. Uh, When you start mixing church and state, somebody raises that false flag of separation of church and state just as quick as anything. We would think it was written in our Constitution that there's a separation of church and state, but it's not. It was just a letter to the Danbury Baptist. It was never intended to keep the church out of the state. It was intended to keep the state out of the church. And yet we as God's people have allowed culture and pop culture and peer pressure to confine our influence inside these walls. Well, if there's one area tonight that I believe we should be an influence, it's in the area of those that we put and elect as leaders over us. So how do you know that? Well, look down if you will. The Bible says in chapter 2, verse 1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Stop right there. You know what those are? Those are influences. Those are opportunities to influence in supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now watch verse 2. After it says all men, it goes specific on us here. 
for kings and for all that are in authority. For all that are in authority. I, I'm afraid tonight we have been guilted or blackmailed into checking our Christian influence at the door when it comes to areas and matters of politics. When I'll tell you, if there was ever an area we ought to be influential on, it ought to be in that area right there, the people that are leaders over us. Tonight, for a few minutes before we pray, I, I want to encourage you, I want to insist you to influence, and that's the message tonight. I want to look at this thought of being insistent to influence. That's what Paul's telling Timothy here. He is insisting upon him that he be an influence. Now, he gives him four areas that he's able to influence, but I specifically want to apply verse number one to the specifics in verse number two. Verse number one gives you the areas of influence, but verse number two shows us who we can insist upon being influential through. Now, notice, if you will, it says, for kings and for all that are in authority. So we know that is speaking of our, 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 our secular authority, any that are in authority over us. But I specifically want to focus on that tonight in our political authorities. Notice verse number one, the first area of influence, influence that we should insist upon. He says, I exhort therefore that first of all, now watch this word, supplications. Supplications. Tonight, I believe as Paul insisting upon Timothy to influence, I believe tonight God would have us to be insistent upon influencing in the area of supplications. That's number one. Now, oftentimes, I do think we misunderstand and misinterpret this verse or this word, supplications. Oftentimes, we kind of just couple it together with prayer that oftentimes we see those paired together in the Word of God by prayer and supplication. Uh, but if he meant supplication to be prayer, I think he would have just said prayer. When he says supplication, he means supplication. And you look it up, supplication simply means a more active, active involvement on behalf of, all right? So here's Paul telling Timothy, hey, I want you to be actively involved in this area of supplications for kings and all that are in authority. I'll tell you tonight, one of the reasons I believe we suffer under a lot of the inept leadership that we have in our country is because Christians haven't been insistent upon influencing those that are in our government through supplications. We have dropped the ball. You say, what do you mean? We haven't been actively involved on behalf of those that God has allowed us to influence. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we do hear that term all the time, separation of church and state. And therefore, the church has got to stay out of politics. Not at all. God's called us to be salt. God's called us to be light. God has called us to influence through supplication, being actively involved and attentive to. That's what a supplication is. To where you are so actively interested on the behalf of what you are supplicating for that you are there all the time. Now, folks, I'll give you an example of this tonight. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 13, listen, as Moses gives the criteria uh, for the children of Israel to name their officers. Listen to what he says. Take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. So Moses says, take you wise men and understanding. He says, I want you to go select them. And he says, I will make them rulers over you. Now here's, watch this example he's setting for us. He gave them to have an opportunity to have influence over who they were ruling over them and ruling under them. He says, I'm giving you that opportunity. But notice what he says. He says, take you wise men and understanding. 
Now, folks, can I tell you, they had no right to complain who was over them if they were not actively involved in who they brought before him. All right? Now, we got to understand that tonight. Uh, the problem is we wait until the day before an election to figure out who we're going to vote for. I'll be honest with you. I've been in the precinct before with my wife. I said, who are we voting for today? Who's running for what? I'm guilty. Anybody else been there? Guilty. I don't, who are we supposed to vote for today? i got to go check real quick. You know, go to the American Family Association, pull up who I'm supposed to vote for now. Can I tell you the reason we're going through a lot of what we're going through is because God's people have not used their influence in this area of supplication. We have not been actively involved on behalf of those uh, that are leading over us. Proverbs 29.2, let this verse sink in, especially with our young people. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. The people mourn. I don't think we'd have to convince anybody here tonight. There's a lot of wicked people bearing rule over the United States of America this very hour. People that could kill babies in their mother's womb. Destroy the sanctity of marriage. You know, punish people for working hard. Reward people who don't work at all. I would call that wicked. I would call that evil. And we mourn. Do you know why I think we mourn? Part of the reason we're mourning is because we didn't use our influence in the area of supplication. God gave us the opportunity. What did he tell Timothy? I exhort. He says, I am commanding. I'm urging you, therefore. He says that in supplications, you use that influence. What does verse 2 say? For kings and for all that are in authority. In America, we have a wonderful privilege many nations don't have. We have the opportunity to be involved in the process of who will rule over us. What a privilege we have. I've been in many countries. They don't have that privilege. They just have to be subject to those people who, who come behind the next one that was in line. Whether they're good, whether they're bad, they're just subject to that. And yet God has given us the opportunity to influence through supplication. The problem is we're not actively involved. We just get interested around November every, every few years. I believe tonight that if we're going to help our country, this morning we looked at the spiritual answer. Uh, tonight we're looking at what we can do on the political side. The Bible says, hey, you ought to be in this ministry of supplication, seeking to influence kings and all that are in authority. Here's our problem. We have the opportunity to influence. But oftentimes our pocketbook speaks louder than our principles. Right? Our pocketbook has more influence on who's up there in Washington than our, our principles do. I just want to have cheaper this and cheaper that. Folks, can I tell you tonight, as a child of God, your influence should be a spiritual influence. Who you are as a child of God and what you believe from the Word of God ought to influence every person that you vote for on Tuesday. Why? Because that's what God's called us to do. He says, you have an opportunity to take part in the process, and you ought to take part, number one, insistent to influence in supplications. Look at the next part. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, and then notice what he says. He says in prayer. Can I tell you tonight, undoubtedly, the most neglected power of influence that we have is prayer. The most neglected power of influence we have is prayer. Prayer. Philip Brooks, the hymn writer, said, if man is man and God is God, to live without prayer is not merely an awful thing, it is an infinitely foolish thing. 
If man is man and God is God, not only is it awful not to pray, it's quite foolish. Why? Because we're mortal, fallible man. We can mess up, but yet he is infant God, an infallible God. He won't mess up. We have the opportunity through prayer to have influence, the influence of God on our life, and yet we neglect that. Paul tells Timothy, he says, I exhort you, use the influence of supplication. And the second one was of prayer. Number two tonight. Let's be insistent to influence in prayer. Insistent to influence in prayer. I'll tell you tonight, I, I, can just, I can get on a bandwagon with the best of them. Talking about those folks up there in Washington. They're easy targets, aren't they? They're easy targets. I mean, sometimes too easy. I'll laugh at them. I'll pick at them. I'll chide them. I'll ridicule them. Sometimes more than I pray for them. Sometimes more than I pray for them. I'm just being honest with you. It's easy. I, I saw our president the other day. And boy, I disagree with him on just about everything. And I saw our president walking someone up on the stage. It was a blind gentleman, no joke. He was blind. He had a stick. Our president's leading him up on the stage. And you hear our president say, where are we going? I, number one, I felt bad for the blind man. Finally, a Secret Service agent comes up and takes the blind men and leads them on, and the president wanders around the stage there for a minute. Easy target, aren't they? But I'll tell you, my jokes, my ridicule, all of that does no good to influence. I could take that time to pray. I'm going to take that time to pray. Paul told Timothy, he said, I exhort you. I exhort you. He says, hey, influence through supplication, then influence through prayer for kings and for all that are in authority. Can I tell you, that little word all right there is, is a hard one to swallow. It's hard to pray for people that you don't agree with. Hard to pray for people that dislike you and want to destroy you and silence your voice. But yet my Bible says that I can influence them through prayer. I've, I've given you this quote. It's my favorite quote on prayer by Sidlow Baxter. My fa I've given this to a lot of you in times of counsel. He said, men may spurn our appeals reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. They're helpless against our prayers. You know, if I were to go up to the White House, first off, I wouldn't make it to the White House. I'm just going to go there and knock on the door and say, could I speak to the president? I just would like to pray with the president. I promise you, uh, they wouldn't let me anywhere near there. I'm, I'm sure because I'm friends with some of you that are on watch list, I'm sure they've got me on a watch list too. <laughs> the price of friendship. I'd never get a chance to talk to him. I'd love to sit down in a chair across from him and, and share God's simple plan of salvation with him. I don't believe he's saved. I don't believe he can be saved like that. What he believes, I don't believe the man can be saved. Right? I mean, I believe he can be saved. I don't believe he is saved, okay? But I'll never get that opportunity. I, I'll never get that opportunity. We, we preached at, at the White House. My dad and I uh, and some other preachers, we were street preaching. Boy, what an experience that was. Several years ago on the 4th of July, right there on Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh, as, uh, as we're preaching, we looked up on the White House. Man, there is an armed special forces looking guy up there on the roof. And he's got a nice gun uh, up on a bipod. And he's just watching us through the scope. And I'm thinking, we're going to die right here. We're going to be a martyr. Where is Ray Dombeck when we need him? Uh, if you want to be a martyr, that's the place to do that. And, man, they just watched it. Secret Service came over, little guys with little things in their ears. And what are you doing here? You know, do you, who is your sponsor? What car did you drive? I mean, they want to know all this stuff about us. I wouldn't make it within a, a, a mile of the White House of talking to the president. But you know what I can do? 
I can influence through prayer. I can influence through prayer. He may never know I'm praying for him, but Paul told Timothy, he says, I exhort you, therefore, first of all, supplications and then prayers. What are we doing? We're trying to influence kings and all that are in authority. It's funny, we quote 2 Chronicles 7.14 a lot, but I wonder how much we actually pray. You know, that was the second step there. If we'll humble ourselves and pray, how often do we pray? How often do we pray for the people that are up there in Washington? How often do we pray for the people up there in Jackson? How often do we pray for our mayor? I know it's easy to complain and to gripe, but how often do we go to heaven on their behalf and ask God to work in their heart and their life? You never know, there may be someone within reach of them who does know the Lord, who has been born again, who has the opportunity to influence and pray that God would send somebody by their path to help change their life. Hey, by the way, that's how your and my life got changed. Somebody crossed our path. Thank God for somebody who was the influence they were supposed to be. Jeremiah 29, 7, the Bible says, And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives. Listen close. And pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. What is he saying? Hey, seek to influence where you're at through prayer. Seek to influence where you're at through prayer. Titus 3.1, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. That's a mouthful right there. But that's what God's called us to do. I mean, anybody, listen, any of us can crack jokes, any of us can ridicule, any of us can put down. But let me tell you, the child of God is missing out on the opportunity that God's given us to influence those that are over us through the power of prayer, to lift them up and to pray for them. I'll, I'll admit there are days I don't feel like praying for them, but God's given me the opportunity to influence them. And the second area is to be insistent to influence through prayer. Thirdly, look down if you will. He says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications supplications be actively involved and then prayers and then he says intercessions intercessions I believe tonight number three we ought to be insistent to influence through intercessions now you look at that word intercessions it means conversations it means that you've come to the point where you care as you do for what it is you're interceding for that you're actually now having the conversation you're speaking up speaking up. Uh, this is what Moses did. When Moses went before Pharaoh, he was interceding for them. He was speaking up. Folks, I believe tonight that we have been guilted to hiding our spirituality in the corner to where we don't speak up very often and intercede on behalf of things we do care about. At some point, the people of God have got to start having some conversations. At some point, the people of God have got to speak up about the things of God that concern our country. For too long, too many have been vocal and are steering our country in the wrong direction Why God's people sit idly quiet. Why? Because separation of church and state. No, the Bible says that we've been given the opportunity to influence through intercession. At some point, you've got to speak up. At some point, we've got to use our voice and have the conversation. At some point, we've got to be like a Moses. We've got to be willing to go before Pharaoh and say something. Several years ago, we went to D.C. and met with our congressman, and we sat there and began talking with him about uh, certain bills that were coming through Congress and where we stood on these things and letting them know that, hey, there's people back home. They're going to be a whole lot of mad if you pass this and you vote for this. We sat there, and we began speaking with him, and 
Uh, he was telling us about all the pressures that come in to make sure that he walks the line and does what he's told. And I thought, boy, what a difference it'd make if some of God's people just picked up the phone, had the conversation. I want you to know, hey, I'm standing with you while you do right. And sooner or later, God's people have got to learn to speak up a little bit. It's amazing. We've been given a voice in our democracy, and sadly, we don't use it. You've been given a voice. We have an opportunity to influence through what? Through intercession for kings and for all that are in authority. But sooner or later, we've got to speak up to somebody that matters. Me complaining to my wife about our president is not going to accomplish a whole lot. I'm preaching to the choir because she can complain to me about the president as well. Hey, why don't we intercede on behalf of someone that matters? Hey, why don't we go to God on behalf of someone else? Hey, why don't we go raise our voice about something we truly believe in? The sad thing is today, all that we see happening in our country is because the wrong people are speaking up. The wrong people are speaking up. The wrong people are interceding in our country. And I believe tonight as God's people, we're missing out on the opportunity to influence through this thing of intercession. And then finally, the Bible says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and then watch this, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Finally, tonight, number four, I want you to notice, we ought to be insistent to influence and thanks. Insistent to influence and thanks. How often do you speak up about how good God has been and things God has done? I mean, there have been years where uh, there have been elections where things have happened and nobody thought they were going to happen. Opportunities that God gave us, a space of grace, uh, an opportunity of reviving in our bondage, and, and yet God's people don't speak up and give thanks. Oh, we have an opportunity, I believe, tonight to influence but I assure you, you've got to insist upon it. You've got to. Think about the things tonight. I'll give you this, and we're going to have our time of prayer. Think about the things you insist upon. Think about things you insist upon. I promise you, you work all week. You're going to insist upon getting paid, right? Amen. Come on. Uh, you're going to insist upon a meal at least once a day, probably three, maybe four times a day. Why? Those things are important to us. Folks, I believe right now our country needs God's people to insist upon being an influence. Matter of fact, we need to be an influence more than we need a meal. We do. It wouldn't hurt us to fast a little bit. I think, look, we need to insist upon being an influence more than we need our paycheck. That paycheck, look, it's going to come in, it's going to pay some bills, and it's gone and it's over with. But the influence, the opportunity to influence that God's given us right now, it doesn't come around every day. So as God's people tonight, it's my prayer that he burdens our heart and insists upon us that we feel that thrust upon us that we have got to be salt and light and supplications. I've got to be active, all right? I just can't stand idly by. I've got to be actively interested on those that I, God has placed within my reach of influence through prayer. I'm going to take some time this week and I'm going to pray for our country. I'll never talk to the president. I'll never speak before Congress, most likely. But you know what? I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to try to influence them through prayer. And folks, we've got to learn how to intercede, speak up, have the conversation, and then give thanks. So tonight, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're going to stop there. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Here's what I wonder. Our heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. We'll have our invitation in just a moment. Have you bought off on the lie that the world has given 
that we must keep our matters of spirituality to spiritual matters. Could I encourage you tonight? Could I insist upon you tonight? God's called you to be the influence in every area of your life. Our country needs God's people to be that influence. Our country needs God's people to get about this business of influencing through supplication. I'm going to be actively involved. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to give thanks. I'm going to make sure that every area of influence in my life, that my spirituality, my Christianity comes out and influences. Because if we don't, somebody else's will. And I pray tonight that our church will do its part to be that influence, that salt and light in Hattiesburg, that those that we have over us will be godly men, godly women, people that God has placed in our path that we have an opportunity to support. Father, I thank you tonight for the opportunity that you've given us to have a voice and to be an influence. And Father, I know as we preach this morning that ultimately our nation has to turn back to you in righteousness. But Father, as we saw, Lord, in the Old Testament, you gave your people opportunities at times, Lord, to have a part and a role in those who would serve over us, and you've given us that opportunity. Lord, help us seek out wise men, godly men, uh, those that live according to your will and your word, and Lord, help us use our influence, Lord, in supplication and prayer and intercession and giving thanks. Help us, Father, not to fail our country by not doing our part. Help us use our voice, Lord, to stand up on behalf of what is true and what is just and what is honest. Lord, I pray for our country tonight. I pray for the election coming up that, Lord, your people would do their part, Lord, in restoring this nation back on a course to you. Lord, that our children would grow up in one nation under God. And I pray that, Lord, all that would be done would, would bring glory to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Tonight, our head.